From the heart of America to the corners of the globe, welcome to Voices of Distilling, powered by the American Distilling Institute. Unearth the stories, the passion, and the faces behind every drop. Dive deep into the world where tradition meets innovation with me, your host, Ronnell Richards. Let's tap into the spirit of distilling where every voice is unique, but the heart remains the same. Let the journey begin. Welcome back to the Voices of Distilling podcast. My name is Ronnell Richards and I am your host, but I am not important today. I am not important. These beautiful people are important because I am sitting down with Dan and Nancy Garrison of Garrison Brothers Whiskey, our current... Matter of fact, I think just minutes ago, you guys won Distiller of the Year, right? Minutes ago. Minutes That's ago. Right. And, I, and I'm the first one to talk to you, so I feel honored. So welcome to the show. Thank We're glad you. to be here. Glad We're to be honored here. Thank to be you. here. Thank you. So how did it feel? You know, it's, it's a culmination of 20 years of relationships and 20 years of hard work and 20 years of no sleep. Mm. And it came together today. And, and to have uh, Eric Owens hand us that bubble cap trophy, um, it's, it, it feels a little bit like something that, that's surreal. Wow. We are delighted, we're honored. Um, who would have thought we've, there were you know nine distilleries in America when we started this business back in 2003, and now there's over 3,000. And to be honored here in 2023, 20 years later, as the Distillery of the Year means a lot to us, and it's a it's a dream come true for both of us. You know, I think the opportunity to be recognized is humbling yeah. because we truly built this distillery from the ground up. Who would have thought that crazy idea to build a bourbon distillery in Texas, no less, was going to be something that could be what we hope was a little bit impactful to the craft distilling movement. Mm -hmm. we're, we're honored. Well, you know, I can only imagine what that was like as even today, we still get that question of, well, if it's not made in Kentucky, it's not bourbon, right? How many times have you heard that? Oh, <laughs> if I had a penny for every time. Or even, how in the world, Nancy, did you get to own a bourbon distillery? Yeah. You know, do you really drink bourbon? These are the questions. Yeah. If I'd had a penny for every question. But yes, it, it, it's the idea that bourbon could actually be made as it is today in virtually every state in the United States yeah. that bourbon, that very special spirit that was made in Kentucky for so many years could actually be made outside of Kentucky. Yeah. We just decided to poke that bear a little bit and, and say, we're going to just do it. Oh, I think you guys did more than poke the bear. <laughs> I think you gave that bear a haymaker. So, uh, let's, let's get into that story real quick. So, I want to know what happened 20 plus years ago that started this journey. Um, I was working in software marketing at the time in Austin, Texas, like everybody else in Austin, Texas yeah. at the time. The 1990s were the go-go times for the internet for for trading networks like eBay and Amazon and Yahoo.com and Broadcast.com. And I... I lost my job in 2003, and I had to figure out what the hell I was going to do with the rest of my life. And the first mature, intelligent thing that a, a guy does is goes to Kentucky to go get drunk for a week <laughs> to forget all about it. And yeah. I 
you know, I think I remember calling Nancy the first night I was in Kentucky and I said, okay, this is, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm at the birthplace of bourbon and I'm seeing it all happen and nobody's proud of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I started asking these guys about it and they're, they're like, nobody drinks bourbon anymore, dude. Mm-hmm. You're crazy if you want to get in the bourbon business because nobody's drinking it. Everybody drinks flavored vodka. It's, it's, it's birthday cake vodka today it's not not about bourbon and i just had this sneaking suspicion that it, that was going to change and um our timing could have could not have been much better than it was you know i think that opportunity when no one's paying attention mm-hmm. to what you're doing and you grab it and say there is something incredibly special about bourbon whiskey. Yeah. It is America's spirit. It has incredible heritage. It's a complex spirit. It is something that really you can enjoy. And we had an opportunity to start pushing that envelope forward Mm -hmm. to re-engage people with this spirit to shake it up a little bit and say yes and hell yes we're going to make bourbon whiskey in high texas in the middle of the texas hill country a stone's throw away from where lyndon baines johnson our 63rd president signed into legislation that bourbon was the american spirit that's pretty cool we are very appreciative of that opportunity but we're also very respectful of what Kentucky has done and and did for this spirit and that we're just have an opportunity to be a little piece of it. Okay, now you just shared our little known distilling fact. We usually like to do a, a little known distilling fact during the episode. Now you gave it to us, so one more time. President Johnson. President si- Lyndon Baines Johnson signed into legislation in 1964 that bourbon whiskey was going to be a distinctive spirit of the United States of America. I love it. I love it. Okay, now, now you've glossed over something, um, Dan, where you you said you just kind of had a feeling. You just had a feeling? Like it was just in your gut or what? That that this was the, that bourbon was going to be a thing when everyone's saying like drink we're drinking flavored vodka in Kentucky like what was it like, did you see something did you have a vision from God what, what, what <laughs> well was the it? one thing I can say is that Dan Garrison drank bourbon period uh, he didn't drink any other spirits so I'm a Texas girl I drank my fair share of tequila yeah but Dan not so much he drank bourbon it's true um. Yeah, I've been drinking bourbon since I was like 13 years old, and I love bourbon whiskey very much. Uh, my my mom used to have a bottle of Rebel Yell in the liquor cabinet, yeah, uh, and that was probably my first discovery of bourbon when I was a young man in in junior high school. But um, I love bourbon, and I've I've always believed in bourbon. And um, our goal from day one to, was to make the highest quality, finest tasting bourbon whiskey in the world. And when you set the bar that high on the first day of your business plan, yeah, um, you got some work to do. And you got to figure that shit out. So that's what we did. Wow. There's no place to go but up when that is your your goal. Yeah. You've got to achieve it every day. And we truly do believe that we have the opportunity to make better bourbon tomorrow than we did today. So, Nancy, when when Dan was tying one on in Kentucky, <laughs> and, he said, and he called you two shoots to the wind, he's like, yeah. I want to do this. 
What were you thinking? Well, I'm pretty sure that somewhere along the way I said, my family's never been in the liquor business and I'm not sure we're going to start now. <laughs> but now here we are 20 years later and I travel the country and uh, I'm knee deep in it. Um, I think that what I knew was that there's something really special when you have that opportunity to grab onto a dream mm. and you can make a decision to pursue that or not, but never let that uncertainty get in your way of pushing forward and really trying to grab it. Yeah. And we knew that we potentially had the opportunity to create something really special because we were authentic in what we did. We never want to let us, uh, the truth get in the way of a good story. But at the same time, everything that we've done at Garrison Brothers is part of a story, part of the true fabric of what we are mm -hmm. because we do everything grain to glass. We do everything that is part of our Texas Hill Country and our Texas heritage. All those grains come from our Texas farmers. We know those farmers. They are part of our family. Yeah. And everyone that we invite in to be a part of our community, we cherish and respect. All right, I love it. And as we kind of close the loop on your origin story, I think that it's important that we know what you were doing before. Here's why I say this, because there's so many people that get into this business based upon passion and they didn't have, and maybe they're a little intimidated because they're like, okay, well, my great, great granddaddy didn't distill. And, um, what was that story like for you? Cause then you said you got, you got laid off before you started. Did your great, great granddad distill? Did you, were you generations no, into this? No. Um, I am a historian by nature, mm -hmm. and I spent a lot of time studying how bourbon became what it was in the United States mm -hmm. of America back in the day, um, how it transitioned along the eastern seaboard when the Scotch-Irish moved into the United States and brought their stills with them, mm -hmm. and they get here and they can't find any any barley to make make a bourbon whiskey or make Scotch with, so they transitioned to corn and they used maize from the, the, the Indians' grains back in the day, and um, I always been a fan of that story and, and what it's all about and so for me this was this was a, a mystical his, historical journey yeah. through bourbon making mm -hmm. and I got to work with guys like Elmer T. Lee and Dave Pickerel and Bill Samuels mm -hmm. Jr. and I got to meet them face to face um, the the legends of the bourbon industry and I don't think anybody else could appreciate who they were yeah. but I sure shit did yeah. and they were talking to me and they were giving me advice and they were helping me figure out why I my fermentation would get stuck or why my my cook procedures weren't producing the intended alcohol per volume and um and, it, and they helped me out. They helped me. They would answer questions in the middle of the night. Writing those recipes on the back of a napkin. Writing recipes on the back of a napkin. Do you have any of those napkins? I sure do. Oh, wow. A whole bunch sure of them. Do. I've even got the napkin where we saw our land for the first time, and I wrote down where all the buildings were going to be, um, sitting on the top of a hill in the back of my truck, drawing on a Subway sandwich napkin. Yeah. Um, where the design for the distillery and how we were going to use the land. So um, those were those were rich times, um, and I and I remember them so well. Today, you know, you, it's it's all about you know moving pallets and moving cases and trying to to make your sales levels. But back then, it was just an, an just ambitious dream. dream. 
And wow. that was what made it so exciting. So it, it, advice to someone that was kind of where you were at back then, because here's, here's something I'm hearing. I'm hearing this underlying thing, because there are a lot of people that aspire to be where you're at. Why wouldn't they? Like yeah. you're the distiller of the year for ADI. <laughs> But I'm I'm hearing this joy in your voice about the journey along the way. Well, I think Nancy will say, follow your passion and don't believe the the, the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they tell you you can't it can't be done, look them in the eye and say, well, watch me do it, bitch, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. coming. Yeah. Um, and and raise money. God, you're going to need so much money. And if I didn't come from a financial background, I don't have an MBA. I don't want an MBA. But I would have liked to know that there were these things called investment bankers out there that could help me find the money. Um, because because I was going to do it hell or high water. And the financing was the only thing that slowed us down. It really was. I mean, we, we figured out how to make good bourbon. We figured out what we needed. We aimed for the best ingredients, the highest quality ingredients in every single thing we did, but we didn't have the money to do it. So that's what slowed us down. If you think you need seven million, you need 70 million. And wow. don't forget that. That's, that's what you gotta find. And I think, you know, what I would encourage anybody today is again, just get out there and do it. Keep pushing forward. Don't let someone tell you you can't. Don't tell you some some tell you that you can't follow what you see your vision to be. There's a place for everyone. It is a incredibly rich industry, but you have to be tenacious mm. in your passion for following your goals. Mm. Just do it. Wow. So, you know, you had a, a journey in this in this business not many people have had. I mean, you've got you've got this so much time in the game and you've seen so much change when you so you said there were was it four distilleries in Texas at the time when Actually, I think there were four distilleries yeah, I think in Texas. There, were. there was Tito's, there was a uh, Treaty Oak, there was uh, Deep Eddy and and I think we were number 4. So what do you think about the landscape now? There's over 150 distilleries in Texas. Mm -hmm. I think there's 175 in Kentucky. Um, I know for a fact there's more than 3,000 distilleries in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And we like to think that we helped usher that in. Oh, there's no doubt. And and I look around this conference, we've got 1,600 people here who have come from all over the United States and beyond the United States. And they're all trying to distill something new and interesting Mm -hmm. and uh, bring it to market. And you know this business, it's very difficult to get to market. So to have this many people in this space trying to be successful is an exciting, it's, a, it's revolutionary. Yeah. Pushing the envelope, following their dream. And I think any one of us who has been in the industry as long as we have, mm-hmm. want to encourage and mentor and offer those next opportunities because every great idea could come to fruition and be something incredible yeah. and impactful to to um to to the spirits that well, we all are consuming today well nancy in 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 line with that mentorship theme now's the opportunity to do a little virtual yeah. mentorship yeah if you could go back in time give you guys give your your yourselves some advice mm-hmm. right what would be that one thing because there's someone out there that's listening right now that that is you and and they're 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 listening and they're waiting for some of that sage advice that you can give. What's that one thing that you guys would share? You give this one to me. We'll both take it. Go ahead. Um, 
raise more money. <laughs> raise more money. Hire your investment banker now. <laughs> Figure out what an investment banker is. Mm. Meet an investment banker and talk about the possibilities to fund your business because you're going to need so much money to do it. And so get that financing as fast as you can if you really want to run with the big dogs. Wow. And, you know, I think what I would say is never let someone tell you you can't do it. Wow. Just do it. Get out there. Fight it out every day. Get past those obstacles. Never let anyone tell you no. Never let anyone tell you that your price point isn't where it needs to be. Do what you want to do the way you want to do it. Do it with conviction and do it with passion and vision. You are passionate. I, I love it. Okay. You're a lucky yeah. man. <laughs> I am. I'm blessed. So many ways. Okay. So as we start to close this thing, um, I've got this question that I call the cool closing, which is I want to know what's cool at your, what's, what, what are you guys doing right now? What's the coolest thing? What are you excited about? Because at, at ADI, we're about education. Mm-hmm. We're about inspiring. We're about innovation. And you guys, no doubt, have been at the cusp of innovation. So what's cool at your distillery right now? What are you doing? Well, I know what my answer would be. Go for it. I think one of the most amazing things that we have done is not only build the distillery from the dirt up, but we built a culture and a passion for our brand and a cult. Um, The idea of having over 60,000 people who have come through our doors to help us bottle our bourbon, and all we ask of them is two days a week, a little bit of their time, we give them a little shot of courage along the way as they're bottling, (laughs) but they help put their hands on that bottle that is on your shelf today, and they do it with enthusiasm and with the building of friendships and relationships that will last a lifetime for them. So that is one of the things that I think that we have done that is um, something I'm so proud of. Uh, That community of friends that we have across the country because they are able to share in a little bit of what we do at Garrison Brothers. I echo what Nancy said. It's the Garrison Brothers gospel. There's people preaching it all over the country. Um, it's the Bourbon Brotherhood, the Bourbon Sisterhood, and they're out there talking the talk. And um, uh, we I have a running joke whenever somebody tastes one of our bourbons. I say, if you like that shit, please tell everybody you know. Yeah. If you don't like it, just keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, something else to add, You know, Nancy? I think the other thing is that we truly do believe that good bourbon could change the world. Yeah. We've given back. It is part of our fabric of who we are. We learned um, through tragic events from Hurricane Harvey. To COVID. To COVID. That we to had sourced the, whiskey. To, we had the power to give back. And that that in and of itself was more meaningful than whatever bottom line you were looking at at yeah. any given moment. And so for the well over a million, 600,000 or so that we have given back to our community through bourbon, good bourbon brings people together, good people drink bourbon, good people want to do good things. It is is something that, again, is humbling to us 
that people want to be a part of that. And we're so proud. Well, how can our members out there, how, how can they join in, in this mission that you guys have? Um, after Hurricane Harvey, we, we were able to raise about $150,000 for disaster relief funds to go directly to the Gulf Coast to get people off of their roofs in the middle of the, the hurricane. That was a wake-up call for us, and it fundamentally changed our philosophy. And we realized that we were not in business to sell bourbon and make money. We were in business to give away bourbon to make money for causes that are important to us. Wow. And, and it became a, a, a it was a seismic shift in the way we thought about things. So we formed an organization called Good Bourbon for a Good Cause. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to goodbourbongoodcause.org and make a donation to it. Uh, we are focused on, on veterans issues, getting people help. Um, if they're suffering from PTS, we want to get them the help that they need. So we support philanthropies that do that. We, um, we also support wide open spaces in Texas where we can, uh, keeping parks and, and national parks open and operational so that people can get out in the world and fish and hunt and, and be with their kids and explore nature. We're very involved with um, hospitality. the hospitality industry as well. Um, during COVID, we were able to give, around, give out about $400,000 to needy charities that were helping hospitality industry families get back on their feet after mm -hmm. COVID because they were out of work for so long. So that Good Bourbon for a Good Cause has been our, our swan song here toward the end of this process, the end of this two decades worth of making bourbon whiskey. And we love giving back and that's what we want to do next. And that is obviously part of our passion as we go forward. Um, we have an incredible team of people that work with us. Mm -hmm. So that gives Dan and I an opportunity to really give back even more. Um, you know, in the early days, we were literally boots on the ground every step of the way. Uh, but at the same time, we know that as we're now distributed uh, come the end of September in all 50 states, that we have this amazing opportunity to keep giving forward uh, in any way that we can. Yeah. So it is, again, part of our uh, part of our fabric, part of our culture, but something that we both feel very strongly about to, uh, to support this industry and to support all of the people that are a part of this industry. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I want to tell you both that it is absolutely an honor to sit down with you and um, the leadership that you're showing beyond the selling of the whiskey, the leadership that you're showing in the community, I think is admirable and something that I think is critical to part of the success formula. And I, uh, would you guys agree just giving back and not just to keep taking, but giving back. And I like to think that that's what we're about at ADI and so. from a community standpoint, you know, thanks right now. God has blessed us with something we love yeah. and, uh, it's time to pay it forward. I and ADI it. has been an amazing support system for us, the leadership, the friendship, the support, but not only for us, but for all distillers who are out there trying to, again, pursue their own dream. Yeah. So before we close, Nancy, what would you, is there anything else that you would like to leave with our, our members? If nothing else, to speak to the women that are out there. Yeah. There is an amazing opportunity to keep pursuing and pushing. I talk to women across the country about empowering them to enjoy the spirit of bourbon whiskey, to be a part of this industry. It is an amazing group of individuals that have come together. It is a family. 
And I encourage any woman to be a part of it, but also, and most particularly, to enjoy bourbon whiskey, because obviously that is where my most passionate moment is. I love it. I love it. Dan, anything to add? No, not a thing. It's been a pleasure, Ronald. Thank well, you. I've enjoyed this so much, guys. And uh, members, please make sure that you're supporting. And the website, one more time. GoodBourbonGoodCause.org. GoodBourbonGoodCause.org. Go there and support this wonderful mission. And after you're done with that, go to, to Distilling.com. Make sure that you're getting on the forums and engaging and interacting with other members. If you're not a member yet, do the same thing. Go to Distilling.com. Become a member and join this wonderful community. Thank you for being part of the community, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. As we conclude another episode of Voices of Distilling, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to you, our cherished listeners. Your support is the lifeblood of our show, and we are endlessly thankful for each and every one of you. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It truly helps others discover these spirited stories. And if you wish to further support our mission, consider becoming a member of the American Distilling Institute. As a member, you'll dive deeper into the world of distilling, gain access to exclusive content, be a part of our dynamic annual conference, and immerse yourself in a community where knowledge and passion converge. Visit our website, distilling.com, for more details on how you can benefit from membership and contribute to the vibrant tapestry of distilling. Until our glasses clink again, remember, every drop has a story, every voice a passion. Raise your glass and cheers to the heart of distilling. Hey, Voices of Distilling listeners. Let's talk about a little something that's at the core of every distillery. I'm talking about yeast. Not just any yeast. I'm talking about the brand of yeast from AB Biotech, Pinnacle Distillers Yeast. Now, you and I both know that yeast is the unsung hero of distilling. It's not just about science. They believe in being partners in fermentation. They've got expertise across the board. Whether you're all about wine, a beer enthusiast, or like us, a fanatic for distilled spirits, they're part of the story your distillery is writing, part of the community that is pushing for the best and always eager to help you reach new heights with solutions and technical services that you need. So why settle for just any yeast when you can ferment with the best? Elevate your distilling game. Make Pinnacle Distillers Yeast your partner in fermentation today.